Bookshelf. Two. One. Timing the highest mark. Hello and a very warm welcome to Talking Point, the controversial podcast where we spark debate and challenge the status quo. Today, Breaking Barriers, the Victor Reader's Literary Revolution. Find us on the web at talkingpoint.site, where you can listen to this and other episodes in the series. That's Breaking Barriers, the Victor Reader's Literary Revolution, our talking point today. Hello and a very warm welcome to this edition of Talking Point. I'm Philip Anderson, where today we continue our theme on accessibility, which we're asking, what's the weirdest gadget you own? Yes, we're looking at the worst of the worst, from vacuum shoes, toilet paper robots, to MP3 holsters. You know, yes, it's confession time. Uh, You can let us know what the most strangest or weirdest or awfulest gadget you've ever bought by getting in touch at www.talkingpoint.site. But on a more serious note, we're also going to be turning the spotlight on a specialist device that has revolutionised the way the sight-impaired access information and literature. Bookshelf. Two. One. Timing the highest mark. Yes, it's the turn of the victor, where I'm going to be in conversation with Matthew Paquette of Humanware. And also today, it's a special day because I'm pleased to welcome to the programme my new co-presenter, Martin Rhodes. Martin, a very warm welcome. Hello, thanks so much for having me. Oh, absolutely, it's a pleasure. Uh, Can I ask, what have you come as today? (laughs) Hopefully hopefully I'll come as myself. (laughs) Uh, Are you sure about that? I think so, hopefully, for now anyway. You know that we're all about controversy on this programme. Absolutely. It's the backbone, uh, isn't it? The programme, that's, that's what we're about. Well, indeed. And it's good to challenge the status quo, you know, and have the conversations that some people are too afraid to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we've got an issue with mental health in this country, haven't we? Well, we're in the middle of a, a mental health pandemic, apparently. And what do you blame on that? Because I'm very concerned about all this gender neutrality and this gender issue. Yeah, well, apparently they, a few weeks ago in the park, they, they were, there was a, a pride event. They, they were giving people the opportunity to go go into a tent and dress up as dogs. Now, that can't be good for the developing mind of young children, you know, to, to be seen that. Well, no. You know, to talk about confused people. And very young kids. Yeah, very. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Like, you know, like infants. I mean, we're only talking in the past 10 years that where this has just suddenly exploded where people in primary school now are no longer identifying as the gender they were born with, and the school are allowing it. And I'm very concerned that it's having a serious and detrimental effect on the minds of those other children around them. Absolutely. I mean, a a while ago, there was an article published. It basically stated that certain specific schools, certain schools were just allowing children to be whoever they wanted to be. They can be as exploratory as they like. They can choose which gender they want to be pretty much day by day, really. 
But then we're removing all the parameters uh, that we have with life generally. And even in the natural world, there are parameters, there are boundaries. Animals stick within their boundaries. I mean, I was out today and um, I heard a crow flying by. And I didn't see him having a debate with a magpie or he was courting a giraffe or on the back of a tortoise. You know, he was sticking to his own community. Yeah, I know. I'm all for liberalism and freedom of choice, but I think sometimes we can take it beyond. We can take it to realms and levels that it just should never, ever be taken to. How do you legislate without offending anybody? Well, yeah, it's a fair question. I have absolutely no idea. Elon Musk is actually thinking about creating some AI device that you can transfer consciousness from one human being to um, an AI device. Wow, that's quite (laughs) scary. It's interesting, speaking of AI, um, there was a a segment on the news a few days ago that uh, when Joe Biden said that technology will develop in the next 10 years more quickly than it has in the last 50. And this is the worry because my son reckons that and he's, you know, he's, he's of this generation where he was saying, you know, do you not think we've created too much too quickly? Absolutely. We're, eventually, something's got to give, something's got to... It's like, like that, the infrastructure in this country. We've got, you know, we've got all this high-speed internet and everybody's playing all these, all these high-speed dependent games. But eventually, something somewhere, a server somewhere is just going to break and it's just going to go... It's going to crash. We're going to, we're going to crash and burn. We well, can't we can't we can't even stop the boats. So the more people who come well, in, they're going to put more pressure on the infrastructure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we've, we've already got barges, haven't we, and talks of more uh, places to house them, that kind of thing. And the sad thing is, the country that we're in now is going to end up like the country they left. Pretty much. But one of the things that we wanted to sort of discuss very briefly in this introduction to try and get all our listeners sort of, sort of waxing, I suppose, on the subject is that of gadgetry and gadgets generally. Um, and we're finding out from all of you what sort of gadgets you've acquired over the years. Odd gadgets, peculiar gadgets, quirky gadgets. Gadgets which some people might just think, only a nerd would own that. You know, only a geek would own that. Martin, I know you've got several. I mean, you, I don't know of many other people who've got um, a smart speaker in every room of the house. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I do. I do have quite a quite a passion for smart speakers, so I use obviously I use the Google and I use Alexa, the Amazon Alexa there as well. I also use it's called an eye kettle. It's basically a Wi-Fi kettle, so you basically it connects to your Wi-Fi, you know, via SSID, and you can ask it to boil your kettle remotely. You can ask either one of your smart speakers. There's also a phone app for it as well. You um, lazy yeah. toad. Yeah, it is quite lazy, really. <laughs> uh, although to be honest, these days I don't use it as much as I used to because I've gone down the Tassimo route. So oh, this is fascinating. Well, I think we should bring our guest in, who we're going to be hearing more from later on, but Matthew Paquette. Uh, listening to that from Canada, um, what do you make to that, Matthew? Do you think he's lazy? So so I, I, I heard that the British people love their tea, but to go as far as an electronic connected kettle, that's, that's going a bit too far, I think. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, well, so what's your go-to device then, um, Matthew? So I'm... I'm I'm not really into quirky gadgets. I, I, I've been thinking about this, uh, and, and there's not really anything quirky that I have, but 
What I will say is that I'm an early adopter. So I, I love having the latest and greatest gadget. I've, I used to change my phone every year. Wow. Uh, I, I had, you know, I had a smartwatch before the, uh, the, uh, the Apple watch came out. I had a different smartwatch. You, you were talking about the Google smart speakers before, but I, I've had one for, I think 10 years now, just as they came out, I had one in my house. Like I'm really an early adopter. I love trying new technologies yeah, and, and that comes with downsides as well. Right. So when you, you get a new device, sometimes it's, it's a little buggy. It's a little, but I, I, I love it so much to have the latest and greatest. So that's my quirk. Do you I mean, do your devices say something about you? <laughs> I, 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 I would say that, you know, when I, I post, for example, on Facebook that I just bought this thing and everything, I get called a nerd fairly often. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> and, and you know what? I don't care. I'm proud of it. I had actually, this is another great example. The very, very first iPhone, the iPhone one that came out today, as we're recording this on June 29th, I think 15 years ago, it was only available in the US through AT&T. And I actually bought one, even though I'm in Canada. I, there were people who were going across the border to, and then reselling them on third-party sites. And I bought one, and I actually still have it in the drawer here. It doesn't work anymore, oh, wow. but I still do have my iPhone one somewhere in the drawer. I've got my original iPhone 4S in my drawer, yeah, and I've got iPhone. the SE as well. But now I've got the uh, 13 Pro Max. It's between a cross between a tablet and an iPhone. Yeah, a tablet. <laughs> Yeah, flablet. They're, yeah. They're, yes, <laughs> they are. They are, and even my my Pixel Seven is pretty big. They're both great phones. Absolutely, <laughs> indeed. And you're surrounded by a lot of gadgetry and gadgets um, sure. over at Humanware. So, just very briefly, just to whet everybody's appetites, um, you joined the company when? So I joined the company in November 2020. Right. Okay. So very, very sort of recent then, really. Yeah, it's been two and a half. Well, it's going to be three years this fall. Uh, and I joined, it was, you know, November 2020, it was about six months into the start of the pandemic. I was looking for a job. I had a friend who worked at Humanware who was telling me, oh, it's a great company. It's a great, it's a great place, very humane people, very nice company mission and everything. And uh, the job was for a technical support position. Uh, and so I, I applied, I got the position and uh, yeah. At what point in Humanware's history did you enter the company and what did you inherit? Uh, so when I came into the company back in 2020, uh, I was doing tech support for all of our low vision products. So the Explore line, the Connect 12, the Reveal, mm -hmm. uh, and the Victor Reader Stream and the Victor Reader Trek and the Stratus. And then uh, when I became a product manager, I inherited from my predecessor. She she had two ongoing projects, which were the Stream Three and the Stellar Trek. And the Stellar Trek was really close to landing because I got the job in March and we actually launched in August. So the Stellar Trek, I really I like to say I landed the plane. I didn't fly it. I just landed it. It was pretty much done. I just had was to your job hinging on that though? Was your job tenure sort of hinging on you landing that plane? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, it was. It, it was. It was, and it was quite a bit of. You know, it's like you're 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 on your descent, and the, the pilot ha isn't disposed, and you have to replace him. It was it was a bit of a lot of work to get in the seat and, and get situated and get all my bearings. And wow. and and the Stellar Trek was a completely new product to me. Like being in tech support before in tech support, you're not exposed to new products until they they release, or a couple like a week or so before the release. So it was it was quite a bit of learning to do. Do you consider that to be your major mark that you've made on the company so far or have you made you know other marks? 
I, I, I think my presence with the community on several mailing lists and everything is very much appreciated by the, the blind community and, and I get a lot of good feedback and and actually one of the, the, the really great moments that I've had was I, I was at CSUN this year in, in Anaheim in California mm-hmm. and uh, someone walked by the booth and said, oh, I was listening to an interview with Mathieu. I'm like, yep, that was me. And the person was like so happy to meet me. So I felt like a, a very, very, very minor celebrity, mm-hmm. uh, especially since a few hours later, I actually met Stevie Wonders, who dropped by our booth. Looking for the best way to get the most out of wireless audio content? The new generation of the Victor Reader Stream has arrived. The Victor Reader products offer a wide range of accessibility features tailored to individuals with visual impairments. These include text-to-speech capabilities, adjustable font sizes, navigation aids, and tactile controls, providing a comprehensive reading experience. The readers have given me hours of enjoyment. I've read countless books, which I would not have been able to do without the aid of this device. One drawback of the Victor Reader products is that they can be more expensive compared to some rival apps that offer similar functionalities. The upfront cost of the dedicated hardware may be a barrier for individuals on a tight budget. Where today I'm in conversation with Matthew Paquette, the project manager with Humanware, a company which specialises in assistive technology for the print and sight impaired. Today we turn the spotlight on one of its flagship products, the Victor Reader which has certainly transformed the accessibility landscape and revolutionised the reading experience for its countless users worldwide. We learn of its history, from its humble beginnings to the exceptional product it is today, while exploring that all-important question of cost and affordability. Matthew, they do say that behind every good product is a good story. What can you tell us about the exceptional tale behind this groundbreaking device yeah for sure so uh the victor reader stream the original one came out in the late 2000 in 2007 or 2008 it came from a a product line that's called a victor reader uh which is named after victor hugo in france the first iterations of the victor reader were big players and there was a need to have something that was a little bit more portable that you can bring and carry around with you Around 2007, the Victor Reader Stream first generation came out, and it was a device that would allow you to read your books on the go through an SD card. Now, in 2013, the second generation of the Victor Reader Stream came out, and this one included Wi-Fi, which allowed the customer to connect directly to their library in some countries. Some countries don't support it yet, some, some do and private services like Bookshare, for example, and then download books directly from the uh, libraries without having to go through a computer or an SD card. And then uh, this year, in 2023, we've released the Victor Reader Stream 3. It introduces Bluetooth support now uh, to connect uh, to uh, you know Bluetooth speakers or headphones. We support up to one terabyte SD card, We've improved the speaker. We've made a few improvements on the keys and all of that, the user experience. So, yeah, that's the the one-minute uh, history of the Victor Reader stream. 
That was very well put. You fed us with that information. That timeline came across incredibly well. Um, I was picturing it across its journey. Um, and uh, <laughs> I think you sold it very well. You've obviously done this more often than I can, than I can care to imagine. Yes, ever since we announced that the Victory Reader Stream 3 was going to be launched at the beginning of this year, we had a lot of requests to go on, on several podcasts and interviews and TV shows and radio shows to explain. And, and I'm happy to do it because it really helps put the word out there to the blind community. And, and the Victor Reader Stream is such an iconic product that humanware, our customer base love it. That's a more sensible approach and a very ethical approach. Um, because at least then you are working with the customer rather than against the customer. Absolutely. For me, it is key. I had to learn the product myself initially, uh, which I'll say for a sighted person, it's a bit of a challenge because as I said, it is designed for someone who's blind. I was, I was so missing the screen at first, but then I got used to it and it got really easy and I was able to help our customers. For me, it is that the, the customer voice, the making sure that we do what the customer wants is, mm. is absolutely key. Can you provide me with a basic overview of the reader? So the Victor Reader is a, a device that you can have in the palm of your hand. It's about the size of a small phone. It doesn't have any screen as it's a device that's made specifically for blind people. So all of the interface, the, the user interface, the, the design, the, the way it operates and everything is all made while considering that the device will be used by blind people. So, and we obviously at Humanware, a decent sized portion of our, our employee base are themselves either low vision or blind. And they're the ones that are informing those decisions. So the main purpose of the, the, the Victor Reader, and, and it's really what it started as uh, when the first version came out, is a book reader. So basically, it allows you to download books in several formats. So there are books that are made in DAISY format, EPUB. Some books are just MP3 files. You can fast forward, rewind. You can bookmarks if there's passages that you would like to be able to reread in the future, which is very useful, for example, for textbooks for students. With the introduction of Wi-Fi in 2013, we've also included podcasts. The search engine that we use is the Apple uh, podcast search engine. So any podcast that is listed on the Apple podcasts will be available. You can also listen to internet radio. So we have a search engine called Utunes. That's O-O-T-U-N-E-S. We also have uh, Wikipedia and Wiktionary access that you can look up words or articles on Wikipedia and listen to them. There's also text files that you can read. You can put text files on an SD card, read them. You can listen to music. And then uh, finally, but certainly not least, you can record notes on the device. So there's uh, a record button on the side. You can even plug in an external microphone if you'd like a better sound quality instead of using the internal mic. And then record voice notes. So it's great to take a, you know, just take a quick note. Don't forget to pick up the milk at the grocery store. Wow, that sounds an immense piece of kit. And it sounds like there's been a lot of work gone into the production of that. And uh, it sounds like it's not something that came about overnight. No, for sure. It is It is the work of a great team. I'm so proud to be the product manager for that product because we have such a great team behind it. The team lead on that team is called Dominic. I, I kind of wanted to have him with me today, but he's on vacation, well-deserved rest this week. But Dominic's been with the company for 25 years, and he's responsible for the very first uh, Victor player that we had at Humanware. He's And he is passionate about 
having a good product that we can put in the hands of our users that will make their lives better. And it really is what we're about at HumanWare. It is about making the lives of, of the blind community better. So that's your philosophy then? For sure, for sure. And and honestly, I was having discussion. We recently hired a, a new colleague internally, and I was having a chat with him. It was his, his second week. And he was telling me, even on his second week, how proud he was to be part of a company whose purpose was to make the lives of uh, the blind people better. What about some of the limitations and criticisms of the victor? And how has humanware addressed these concerns? So we're always listening to feedback. And, and for example, and one of the glaring ones that I can mention is that on the Victor Reader Stream 2, we had a micro USB port. Now, a micro USB port will always be fragile on any device. It, the form factor, the way it was designed, I have headphones at home that, I, that use micro USB. And after about a year and a half of plugging in and plugging them out every night, the connector broke loose. On the Victor Reader Stream 2, it did happen as well, and often enough that people had their connector break down on them and they had to send the device in for what was unfortunately quite an expensive repair because we had to replace the whole mainboard. So one of the things that we did for the Victor Reader Stream 3 is we moved away from the micro USB connector and we went with a more robust USB-C connector. I'm on a lot of user lists listening to customers uh, I go on Reddit. Uh, there's a blind community on Reddit. Uh, I, I really listen to what the community asks. Any complaint, any anything that we can, we will address. How does it handle, say, complex documents or specialist formats, such as, say, science articles or textbooks? So in terms of, of documents and everything, it really depends on how the the document is constructed one thing that we did include in the new version is PDF support. So we do read PDF, but obviously the PDF has to be made accessible. But yes, there are some books that sometimes, you know, could use being translated into DAISY because they're a little bit hard to read for a, a, a text-to-speech engine. Have there been any concerns raised about uh, compatibility uh, with the Victor regarding different file formats and, uh, say, software uh, platforms? I know, for example, something that, that's been requested a lot is uh, doc files. So DOC file from Microsoft Word, that yeah. is something that is a closed file format, so we cannot support it, unfortunately. We do support docx file, which is a more open format. And and we do communicate with Amazon. We do have some communication with all different libraries. And another example is Audible books on the stream three are not readable. And there's a bit of a funny story behind this, but Go we've on. been talking with uh, with Audible for about a year now because you know we knew last year that the stream three was coming, so we gave him a heads up, said we've got this new product coming. Well, we can send you one. Can you help us make it work with Audible? And um, they communicated a little bit at first, but then it was radio silence. I would be sending them emails. They wouldn't respond. And then in, in January of this year, I did an interview with uh, Jonathan Mosen, uh, another podcast. We were talking about that, and Jonathan made a joke and said, perhaps someone should start a petition. I said, sure. So Jonathan started a petition. It gathered about six or 700 signatures, if I remember correctly. And I got an email in a panic on a Friday by someone at Audible saying, hey, can we talk? I said, sure, let's hop on a call. And um, we had a discussion and they were quite moved by the enthusiasm and the passion of the community. And they they committed to try to help us make it work. So 
ever since that January meeting, we've had our ups and downs. Uh, right now, we're in a good place where our developers are talking with their developers, and they're working back and forth and trying to make it work. And we're hoping to have Audible support in our next release in October. If not, then perhaps January, where the 1.3 version will be coming out. What efforts have you made as a company to ensure that the Victor remains accessible and affordable to individuals from perhaps more diverse socioeconomic backgrounds mm-hmm. and regions around the world? Each sector of the world that we sell, so basically it's broken down in sort of, you've got the Canadian region, which we have sales managers for that. We have a U.S., Then we have one in the UK, we have a team for Europe, and then we have a team for Australia and New Zealand. And in each of those regions, with every country that we talk with the government entities that are subsidizing accessibility. So as an example here in Quebec, we have what's called the RAMQ, so it's the Régie des Transmédias du Québec, loosely translated as the healthcare provider. And yeah, our sales manager for the Quebec region deals with that organization, that entity, to make sure that those entities have some. And then depending on the country, some of them just give them to the users, some of them they're on loan. So you have like connections financially then with government and charitable organizations that will subsidize the product. So it sort of carries some of the weight for the user. Absolutely. For example, I know in the UK, we do talk with RNIB very often. And it was a product targeted at students. RNIB was covering about 90% of the cost. The the student only had to pay about 10% of the cost of the unit. Obviously, if they buy in bulk, we give them a special pricing and everything, but it is really in our mission to make these products as available as possible to as broad a range of people as we can. Matthew, thank you very much indeed for being uh, our guest today and for furnishing us with all the insights into the Victor products. It sounds incredibly exciting. And, um, you know, from Martin and I, we can only wish you all the very best. And uh, thanks for being a great sport. Thank you very much. Hey, I'm, I'm the one who needs to be thanking you guys. It was an absolute pleasure to be spending some time with you. Anytime you want to have me back on, just, you know, you have my email, drop me a line and I'll be happy to join. Thank oh, you super. Excellent. Thank you. Well, that just about brings things to a close for this edition of Talking Point. Uh, my thanks to all of you for, who've been in touch, and especially to our guest today, Matthew Paquette from Humanware. And if it is you'd like more information, you can go to the Humanware website, uh, where you can find out all about their uh, Victor uh, family. Uh, quite an interesting range of products. Well, next month, it's going to be the turn of the Dolphin Easy Reader. So if you're an RNIB talking book user, uh, you'll be familiar with that. Uh, Martin, you've been with us for the first time today as co-presenter. How have you found the experience? I thoroughly enjoyed myself, to be honest with you. I think it's fantastic. And may I I take this opportunity to say what a fantastic job you've made of the uh, studio. Brilliant. (laughs) I was about to say it's gender neutral, this studio, you know. (laughs) Glad to hear it. (laughs) Have you not looked at the microphones? Well, there you go. (laughs) Um, You know, uh, yeah, well, next time when we appear on air, we could be a dog. We could be anything we like. Apparently it's the norm these days. Oh, mate. (laughs) So today we've been looking at the Victor uh, family of products, Martin, which pretty much seems to be doing exactly what the RNIB's handheld device is doing. Is that right? 
Yeah, it seems that way. Um, there, I, I got the chance to beat a test the RNIB product last year. Is it gender neutral, by the way? Oh, no idea. It, it, it might be. Anyway, it was definitely a male voice, uh, <laughs> and, it, and, it, and it wasn't changeable, so I don't know, it was nice to see it knew what direction it was going in. It gave you the ability to copy and paste audiobooks via USB right. to the device, but the, the, it hadn't got internet capabilities, though, so... You know, you couldn't you couldn't connect via Wi-Fi and download books that way. You'd, you'd literally have to copy your books to the device and use it when you're out out and about on the go, if you like. Do you think perhaps they were more concerned about the issue of piracy, though? Maybe, yeah, yeah. maybe. Yeah. I mean, although saying that, though, who's to say that the books that you copy into it, you're not downloading from somewhere? I mean, you know. Well, it's interesting, though, because the RNIB have certainly made all their books open source. Um, and this is the worry, I think, because... Anybody can sign up. Now, I thought the policy was that you had to fall under the exemption label. Well, yeah, and I, I always thought that, you know, regional restrictions would come into play here, but I, I don't know. I... Well, yeah, because they're not asking for proof of your visual impairment. No. Whereas before, you know, like, you know, you'd have to put your national insurance number in so you'd gain access to your medical records to prove your identity. But at the moment, the RNIB have shot themselves in the foot there. Maybe, yeah, they could have done. I mean, they, they're basically working on an honesty base. It's, a bit, it's a, bit, a bit like when you go to, you know, when you go to a place and they've got an honesty box. You know, that kind yeah, of thing. or it's, like you've got a, you know, a mini bar. But nowadays they've got wise to that in hotels, haven't they? Where yes, everything's all computerized, and the moment you pick a bottle up to look what it is, basically, you, yeah, you can charge for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I, I ended up clocking up quite a big bill in a hotel for doing that. Wow. And I said I hadn't consumed any of it. I was just picking the bottles out to feel what they were and uh, putting them back. Yeah, looking at the label. Exactly. I think a lot of people wouldn't. I mean, I feel like we have this mantra in Britain especially, is it it never complain, never explain? And I go along with that to some degree where if I'm letting somebody down and I've got, you know, an arrangement with them to say meet up for dinner and uh, something else has cropped up, I never explain to them why I can't meet them that night. No. I just say, unfortunately, I can't make it. Can we rearrange? Can we rearrange, yeah. Can we reschedule? Yeah, no problem, fine. No yeah. need to go into any huge explanations as to why you can't do it. No. But in the meantime, do keep your uh, comments coming in. Uh, we do love to hear you uh, from you. And if it is you haven't subscribed to the podcast, can we encourage you to do so? It does help others to find us as well. And you'll find everything on our website, so you can listen to these episodes again, or wherever it is you like to consume your media, of course. And uh, do send in your recommendations for future talking points. We like to keep it as controversial as possible, so don't feel as though you have to hold back. Uh, We are the podcast that likes to have the conversations that a lot of people are afraid to do, unless, you know, you're watching uh, Piers Morgan. And he's another interesting guy. Martin was saying to me earlier, we ought to get him on the podcast. I think that'd be great. Can you imagine that? I think it'd be really interesting. Oh, it would be, you know, going head to head on that. Absolutely. And I think it'd be it'd be an eye-opener for him as well, just to see how we do things. Yeah. And he gets away with it. Yeah, he does. A lot of people, you know, it's easy to be very, very closed and that, that's, you know, why, why should we have censorship? Well, I think it's destroying comedy, but we can have another discussion around that at some other point. But um, anyway, I'm out of here. You're out of here. I'm Philip Anderson and you are... Martin Rhodes. Thank you very much. Thank you.